It is time to check in with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Uh, the big question we've been having around here is if you remember the first wage, your first minimum wage job, because minimum wage is going up this week. Vaughn, do you remember what you uh, made? Yes, I do indeed. My <laughs> first job, I was paid a dollar twenty-five an hour, Ooh. and that is going to date me. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, let's see, I was in high school, so it was 1969, and I just ran that through the Bank of Canada's inflation calculator, and that would be like mm, 10 bucks an hour now. Mm-hmm. So uh, 1675 uh, is a pretty attractive minimum wage compared to the dark, bad old days when uh, I was being paid $1.25 to work in a pizza parlor in Nanaimo. Wow, interesting. I love that you ran it through the inflation so we could get a, a better idea on what it would be worth. Yeah, it's great. The Bank of Canada has this lovely little inflation calculator, and you put in the dollar amount in the year, and it tells you what that works out to be uh, in today's dollars. All right, uh, interesting. Dollar uh, twenty-five. Well, things things have changed a little bit. Yeah, no, and this government. And look, one of the things this government did that the previous government was just in total denial about, especially under Gordon Campbell, was they wouldn't consider raising the minimum wage. And there were even some liberals in that government that argued, "Come on, you know." It's a very expensive province to live in. You've got to raise the minimum wage, and the Liberals held off on it. They did an absolute minimum on it. So the New Democrats are to some degree catching up. It was one of the things they inherited when they got into government, and their very mean-spirited predecessors wouldn't deal with it. So this government is. All right. Well, that is happening this week. We also now know when the by-elections are going to be happening. Yeah, so uh, we discussed this on Friday, and yes, the Premier hinted pretty strongly last week that the by-election call was imminent, and uh, at the airport on Saturday, uh, he's headed off for a 12-day trade mission, and the by-elections are on. So June 24th, we now vote on Saturdays in British Columbia, so Saturday, June the 24th, by-elections to fill uh, John Horgan's vacant seat in Langford 1 to Fuca, and a by-election in Vancouver, Mount Pleasant to fill the seat vacated by former cabinet minister Melanie Mark when she resigned in April. So uh, that's voting day. And folks, if you live in one of those ridings, you can still get on the voters list. If you're not already there, there will be advanced polls. Uh, I think you've got till the 14th of June to get on the voters list if you want to vote in them. So uh, go to the Elections BC website. You can find out how to sign up and register to vote and uh, be part of the democratic process in those two writings. And uh, big changes when we look back kind of at the history of this party mm-hmm. and how things like this have yeah. played out in the past. You know, it's true, Jill. The NDP government in the 1990s was at the brink most of its time in office. It was trailing in the opinion polls. It did win re-election narrowly in 1996, but they were struggling. Uh, you had uh, their members weren't allowed to resign their seats uh, because the government was afraid it would lose the by-elections. And, you know, one of the ones, one of the examples really is uh, John Horgan, Premier. Uh, so Horgan resigned his seat uh, because he knew very well that his seat is a safe NDP seat. Go back to 1998 in the summer. 
Premier Glenn Clark, NDP, resigns as Premier in the middle of a controversy over casino licensing. And he does not resign his seat. He hung on to his seat until the general election in the spring of 2001, because in those days the New Democrats did not open themselves up to buy elections because they might lose. The polls were close, and the opposition uh, was fairly successful in, in winning by elections. Governments in our provincial history rarely win by elections, but I think what we're going to see <clears throat> on June the 24th is the New Democrats are going to win two of them. I, I suggest to you, Jill, that if David Eby were not supremely confident about winning those by-elections, he would not have left on a 12-day <laughs> trade mission before calling them. Uh, he'd be here, uh, he'd be managing the issue, he'd be working on a campaign, and again, uh, I'm not sure that those two NDP members would have been allowed to resign if they weren't damn sure that uh, the NDP is going to win their seats back in the by-elections on the 24th. So, yeah, I know we're not supposed to say how elections are going to come out uh, before they happen, and I should have learned that lesson in 2013 when I thought the NDP was going to win. But even so, I would say uh, the challenge for the opposition in this, in these two by-elections is going to be to make them competitive. And so what do we know about the candidates? So, or is it something that, that there's such confidence that, uh, I mean, it's important, obviously, sure. but but what do we know about uh, kind of what they bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, you, you're right. Uh, you don't take the voters for granted. The political parties that do uh, end up <laughs> regretting doing so. Uh, but uh, so the government, uh, the NDP in Vancouver, Mount Pleasant, has nominated uh, John Philip uh, as uh, to be successor to Melanie Mark. Mark, when she stepped down, said she thought, she hoped it would be an Indigenous woman, and it is. Joan Philip is a long time, uh, she's a political activist, a manager of uh, one of the First Nations bands in the interior. Uh, she and her husband is Grand Chief Stuart Philip of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs. Um, and uh, She's going to be an interesting addition to the NDP caucus if she wins, uh, because she and her husband have both been outspoken critics of the provincial NDP government on a number of issues, including Site C and LNG and other things. So I think she may have some interesting reflections on the removal of the tent encampments on the downtown east side. She's not known for holding back in the past, ran for the federal NDP, so uh, a, a political activist in her own right, but uh, an interesting voice that would be added to the NDP caucus. Uh, some New Democrats still are going, oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> going to be interesting. I mean, they're, they're expecting she'll be critical. They're hoping she confines her critical comments to the caucus room where they're not going to be reported in the news media. But uh, I've known her for a long time. I've run across her over the years. Uh, she is a person in her own right, but her views are not all that different from those of her husband, Grand Chief Stuart Phillip, and he's never held back, and I don't think she will either. Um, in Langford, in uh, the former Premier's riding, 
the candidate for the NDP is Ravi Parmar. He is uh, chair of the school board out in Souk. Uh, again, uh, obviously the favorite out there um, in John Horgan's time as premier. Uh, the New Democrats did lavish a certain amount of the uh, kinds of things that governments do when they're in power on the premier's riding. Um, I was out through that riding on the weekend. There's a very nice highway project just about finished out there. There's a long-term care home uh, going to be under construction, a $225 million project. And let's see, right on the border of that riding, they're building the new archives building for the Provincial Museum. So there's all kinds of reasons why people in Langford would vote NDP, and they have for a long time. But uh, it's also a riding that's had some attention from the government over the years. Oh, yes. The liberal <laughs> candidates in those two ridings, uh, I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean BC uh, United, Vaughn? Yeah, the uh, the government candidate, uh, so I know the government candidates because uh, I've got a feeling I'm going to have to learn what they look like because I'm going to be recognizing them going ahead, but let's not take uh, too much here. The, the uh, BC United, the former the party formerly known as the BC Liberals, they've nominated uh, Jackie Lee, a business leader in Vancouver Mount Pleasant, and the candidate in Langford is Elena Lawson. Um, media coverage may have run across her name in a bit because she was one of the spokespeople for the parents of children with autism that were very, very critical of the NDP government's new model for support services for children with autism. And uh, with help from BC United, that group managed to get the government to change the plan. When Premier David Eby uh, was picked, it was one of the first things he announced, was that the John Horgan government's uh, changes in autism funding uh, were themselves going to be changed. He backed away from the plan. He announced that parents who already had programs for treating their children, for support services for their children, that those programs would be grandparented in, and going forward the government would take a second look at things. So this is someone who's been critical of the government, managed to get somewhere, and uh, I say, the challenge for her and for uh, Lee, the candidate in Vancouver, Mount Pleasant, will be to make the race competitive. Um, the Greens have nominated in those ridings. I haven't seen, uh, my files don't have yet evidence that the Conservatives have nominated candidates in those two ridings. I assume they will. The B.C. Conservatives are on the arc for revival. And one of the concerns for B.C. United is how far into their vote Will the Conservatives cut? Right. Uh, yeah, that will be interesting to see those numbers. And uh, Vaughn, uh, quickly, just curious, does this mean we won't have a snap election or, or that reduces that I, chance? Yeah, I think it does. You know, uh, the Premier was thought initially when he first became Premier to be thinking of a spring election, and some New Democrats thought he should. They thought that the problems facing the province, uh, E.B. should strike while the iron was hot uh, because he's not going to be able to turn it around on housing affordability and safe streets and health care waiting lists. But E.B.'s determined... Uh, uh, he's, I think, ruled out, well, obviously a spring election. I think he's ruled out a fall one as well, because I don't think you'd have two by-elections in June and then turn around and have a general election in the fall. E.B. says he's going to hang on until the date that's written into legislation, October uh, 
2024. Hmm, he might change his name. Uh, he might change his mind next spring. But I think uh, the more uh, we look at it, the more you realize the Premier meant it when he said he was going to govern for the full term and go for an election in October 2024. So that means once the by-elections are over in a quiet summer, we'll be on an election footing starting in September of next year of this year with a one-year run-up to the next provincial election. It's a Saturday in October, I think the 19th. 2024, mark it on your calendar. <laughs> All right, Vaughn, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye, Jill.